Sports Talk Radio for the Brainerd Lakes. 1380 KLIZ AM. Brainerd Baxter, the fan. It's time for Lakes Woods and Irons at 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Featuring Colin McDonald and Chris Foley. Today's broadcast is sponsored by Craigan's Legacy Courses, Tito's Handmade Vodka, Rutgers Bay Lake Lodge, The Tea Hive, The Holiday Station on Mill Avenue, and Maury's Market. Streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com, sponsored by Mills GM. And now, here's Chris Foley and Colin McDonald for Lakeswoods and Irons at 1380 KLIZ, The Fan. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, The Fan, streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com. Thanks to our sponsors, uh, Mills Ford and Mills GM. And now available at Podcast One, and really wherever you can find a podcast, you can find Lakes, Woods, and Irons. All right, big week. Uh, Justin Thomas wins the BMW Championship, and anybody who was Thinking maybe Justin had gone away and lost a little bit of his game. He destroyed the field, Chris, mm. and uh, which was interesting. They were, not everybody was tearing the place up. It was it was uh, there for the taking, certainly in some cases. But uh, Thomas was just unconscious. Well, it, there were, it was very low scoring, especially from Medina. You know, if you look back the uh, the last time they held the held the PGA Championship, which was. Oh, when was it? Back in 1999, Tiger Woods won at 11 under. So Justin Thomas, you know, wins at 25 under. Right. Difference of 14 shots. But, uh, you know, really interesting when you, you know, the difference in the golf course was just the, it was, it was very wet. The golf course played very, very soft. Uh, and you know, for the PGA Championship, rough was longer. Golf course played much more firm, and so when the golf course is soft, you know, the length doesn't matter because these all these guys all bomb it. But when they can, you know, when they know they can take it out of the pin on every hole, and they have no problem holding the greens, they, they're going to shoot some low scores. Yeah, he was. Uh, well, he set a, set the course record, which uh, he can do. He's he's done it a few different times over the last few years. He uh, gets a 61, including an ace late in the round. Yeah. I mean, he's already tearing the place apart, and then he, I think he aced the 17th hole yeah. in here, or made one from the fairway, one of the two, for an eagle. Yeah, made it, I think it was an eagle from the fairway. Yeah. But, uh, Hideki Masayama, two, two 63s. Right, yeah. You know, yeah. He, he shoots 63 on, uh, on Friday, and then Justin Thomas shoots 61 on Saturday to beat the course record by two. So, uh, And then Hideki Sunday shoots 63 again. Yeah, just a phenomenal. The fun part about it uh, is Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You know, a guy will make a bogey and they'll go, "Well, he just dropped out of the top thirty. He fell down <laughs> to thirty third. Needs to make a couple birdies yeah. coming in." And it's uh, changing by the moment right. until, until they got to about the seventieth or seventy first hole. The uh, field of thirty wasn't really set yet. No, there were. Um you know, a number of guys who moved out in and out of that top thirty over the course of the day on Sunday. So, uh, unfortunately, Tiger Woods being one of those guys that uh, that dropped out, he fell. He was thirty first starting the day on Sunday, ended up finishing thirty seventh. Uh, Gary Woodland, you know, shoots seventy three on Sunday. He he drops thirteen spots and finishes thirty first. Um, same with Wyndham Clark. Same same thing. Um, so there were there was some some big movement on uh, on Sunday. Ian Poulter, 
starts off the day at uh, uh, 43rd, moves to 31st, so misses by one, but had a great day. Um, you know, some, so some Abraham Answer, who, uh, you know, uh, from Mexico, was started off the day at 31st, moves to 28th. Yeah. So, uh, boy, he's he's had a great last, you know, five, six weeks, Answer has. And uh, the uh, tournament is not really complicated, I guess. It's certainly different. But uh, we were just talking about, I didn't know about the, uh, so the whole FedEx point system, the guys who are, was it uh, 70th up to 123rd or 4th or 5th? 123rd to 150. Oh, 123 to so 150. Those guys are, are moving on to, they don't even have their, their PJ Tour card for next year. They're going into the uh, Corn Ferry final three events, which start, well, they're going on right now, the one more event. Those guys all got $70,000 as part of the Just FedEx for being in pool. the top 150 yeah. points. Yeah, so. Seventy um, k comes in the mail. What happened? Look, honey, we got seventy k in the mail. I knew I, <laughs> I, I, I should have worked harder on my golf game. <laughs> and then uh, Thomas, now he he shoots lights out, and uh, so he'll go into that final tournament. Some players like it, some players don't. He'll have a two shot advantage over the uh, second place starter, and and then uh, three, four, five down to even par is a, a, the the worst you could start. And the guy in 30th, for instance, will start at the even, so 10 shots back. And uh, so you start the tournament at 10 under par. And when you're as good as these guys, well, just this week. What if Thomas would have started the tournament 10 under par this week? He would have finished 3,500. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm going to leave my judgment until next week, Mac. But yeah, yeah it's... Uh, I don't know. It's an interesting way to start. It might end up being better than what what it was before because you really didn't have any idea where they stood before. I mean, if yeah. if you weren't watching the Golf Channel and and Craig Can who, or whoever it was was giving you minute by minute readings on the you know kind of the leaderboard. Oh, now what position he's in? You definitely couldn't tell it by what the scores were. So this way, I mean, I guess maybe it's a little bit. Um, a little bit easier to understand. I don't know if I like it, however, the, the yeah. way they're doing it. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if I like it either. I think it's the top eight. Anyone in the top eight, if they win it, they will win the uh, FedEx Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, so they put enough of a point spread in there where the eighth guy, if he happens to uh, win the tournament, could jump over everybody in the top seven. So uh, below that, then it becomes more of a mathematical uh, figure for where everybody finishes in that 30. But, uh, yeah, lots of dough on the line. And uh, uh, the question that has been asked in, in a little bit in recent, uh, certainly recent years, uh, first time ever probably that Mickelson and Woods are not in the top 30. Yeah. Uh, I mean, one or two of them may have been, they may have been out a time or two, but never together, I don't think. So uh, Tour has uh, got to have some new faces because uh, two of the all-time greats might not be there every year. Right, yeah. It's um, Tigers actually missed it nine times out of the 16 times it's been played, but most most of those have been injury-related rather than yeah. than not playing well. But he, you know, he was the defending champion from last year. so Right, yeah, and he's won it uh, more than once. Yeah. So. Shane Lowry out as well. That was a big one, yeah. Yeah, I, I figured, you know, he, I guess he had, you know, won the Open Championship, 
and has had a okay year, but um, didn't have enough points to to advance. So yeah, interesting. Yeah. The Clark as well. After he won the British Open, <laughs> maybe that was enough. You know, you think, okay, I won the British Open and never quite as good a player. Uh, for one thing, they take a month off party or the yeah, Open I, Championship. <laughs> I think uh, Darren Clark was on the on the end of his career to a certain extent. I think Shane Lowry's just starting to peak. At, and, yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I think we'll we'll see more good things from from him to come. So we'll see who's crowned. Dustin, his games to be uh, seems to be slipping just a little. Uh, Kepka didn't play very well on the weekend, which was odd for him after being in pretty good position early in the tournament. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun. And Justin Thomas, a guy we kind of talked about over the uh, well over the year, really, uh, as we've done the show. You just hope that Thomas and Spieth and Rory and uh, Dustin and and. Kepka can all be at the top of their game and for a season that would be fabulous mm. and uh, slugging it out which uh, not everybody's there right now but to see Thomas come back when he gets in the zone he's as good as any of them yeah you know it's 10th career win which is the only player uh, under 25 the only other players that have done that is, is Dustin Johnson so pretty rarefied air right there another tournament you love that was this weekend as well is uh, U.S. Amateur, 119th U.S. Amateur. You've got uh, friends and colleagues who've played in that tournament over the years, and uh, it's uh, challenging, and it's a marathon, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, it's definitely the pinnacle of, of amateur golf. And, uh, you know, there's so much on the line, really, for, for somebody who wins the, wins the, the including exemptions into the, the, you know, the U.S. Open, the, the Masters, which is huge, and the, and the Open Championship. And, man, it, it's, it's a marathon. By the time you, if you get to that final match, you've, will have played nine rounds of golf in six days. So it's a big deal. But uh, uh, I love it because it's you know it's it's the best amateurs in the world, and you get a mix of college players and and mid ams, and you know if, if if as long as you're a certain handicap, I think you have to be one point two or below, you can try to qualify for it. It's kind of the ever sure. tournament like the yeah. U.S. Open. And yep. Attending it is fantastic because you you walk right down the middle of the fairway with the players, and uh, you don't get to experience that at any professional events. That's for sure. Georgia Tech's Andy Ogletree ends up winning it uh, over Vanderbilt's John Augustine, two and one, a thirty-six hole final match. The uh, total number of golf holes played with uh, in the course of the week is phenomenal, yeah. really, just extraordinary. So, yeah. a marathon, as we said, you had kind of a unique uh, inside baseball kind of story. Uh, a friend of yours and uh, is in the tournament. He ended up tied. Uh, with 27 other guys, is that correct? Yeah, there were three spots available for, or, um, there was a 27-man playoff for three spots. <laughs> so at the end of stroke play, they had to come back the next day. Nate McCoy, who's been on the show before from Des Moines, he recently got his amateur status back. And so he was one of the three play, or one of the 27 players to play in that, that, uh, that playoff for three spots. And kind of amazing how they do it. They, they go off as, as foursomes and, what would it be the seven foursomes that played you had to wait until everybody completed the first hole to see what the scores were to move on and it it went four holes and i think on the first hole they eliminated eight or nine players second hole there were a couple birdies made and and um so there was the the final two holes there was one spot available, but uh, I think that playoff took uh, took about two and a half hours had to yeah, yeah. 
27 guys have to play the hole because it's sudden death. So say say nine guys make birdies, then nine advance out yeah. of the 27. So, you know, it, that Pinehurst is such a tremendous venue too, and it's just uh, you know classic golf course architecture. It was very firm, just polar opposite of how Medina played. Old Donald Ross golf course with you know a lot of slope and undulation on the greens, and uh, when it's firm like that, it's just so much fun to see what happens to the ball on the ground. You know, that un- unpredictability, it, it, I, I just think it makes for great golf and great viewing. And So two big events. Another one coming up, obviously, on the on the professional tour. Somebody's going to walk away the prize money. $15 million for first, is that right? $15 million for first. For the FedEx Cup for, Championship. Yeah, so That's good, though. It's uh, it's not not bad, <laughs> <laughs> and it's a big difference between first and second. I mean, everybody gets a big paycheck. Not quite fifteen million. That's uh, yeah. First first place fifteen million. Second place five million. Yeah, that's a big difference. It's not bad. <laughs> they say the first million's the hardest to get. <laughs> I'd like to find out. I'm working on mine still. <laughs> You're listening to Lakes Woods and Irons on thirteen eighty KLIZ. You're listening to Lakes Woods and Irons at 1380-KLIZ, The Fan. Welcome back to Lakes Woods and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you, special guest with us as well. We're at lakeswoodsandirons.com, also now at uh, Podcast One, and our streaming is uh, brought your way by our sponsors, Mills GM and Mills Ford. Got Glenn Hagberg. Glenn, give me your official title again. Head golf professional at Madden's on Gull Lake. Yeah. That's a good title. Not bad. <laughs> Chris is with, they've switched roles. Uh, Glenn is the new co-host of the show, and uh, Chris is out at the golf course, so, which both these guys usually are, but uh, today it happens to be Chris there. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing well, Mac. Thanks. I know you and Glenn are old buddies, so it's always fun to have Glenn on the show. and uh, Absolutely. And uh, kind of get uh, what's happening at the Classic and uh, Madden's as the year closes down. So, well, not closes down. Our year on the show closes down, but there's plenty of great golf left. Uh, really the best, in my opinion, the best two months of the year right here. So, hi, Glenn. No so, let's say you got, you got an event this week that uh, happened early in the week that we want to talk about a little bit, the four-ball tournament. Yeah, the Classic had the privilege of hosting the minnesota state four ball championship uh earlier in the week monday tuesday and wednesday and uh um probably uh you know the maybe funnest or um state championship that's run by our our amateur association in the state because uh, it's a two-person team so they take one of two and and um uh but that being said uh it is a very very good field some some big names from amateur golf um you know a bunch of uh current golfers ben frazzini um who else do we have noah rosinski uh charlie braniff played for the golfers colton biggie mac biggie played for uh central florida um trent peterson who won the uh Players Championship a couple years ago at the Classic is is back playing in this. Andrew Andrew Israelson, a, a local name from Staples, is currently playing at NDSU and and uh, the current MGA Players Championship. Uh, John Detroit, who played for the Gophers and uh, both state am and state open champions, so really really good field and always fun to see how the course holds up against those guys and and fun them fun to see them. Uh, you know, play play the course as well. So yeah, at taping we don't have a, a winner just yet, but uh, yeah, it's just uh, give us the format on the four ball, Glenn. Yeah, there's 160. 160- 
tournament participants, they play in two-person teams, so there's 82-person teams, and the the low 72, the low 36 teams and ties make the cut and play on Wednesday. So both Mon- Monday was a one-day qualifier, Tuesday is a one-day qualifier, and uh, um, the low... Uh, yeah, 72 advance. Um, yesterday's qualifier, uh, two under was the cut line. So, um, some really good players. Jim, Jim Lehman, uh, and his partner qualified yesterday and, and will advance to Wednesday. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what the rest of the week holds. Sure. The way yeah. we stand now. <laughs> good. That's a lot of fun. Glenn, I was looking at those qualifying scores before we came on air and the boys, the, the course really must be set up pretty difficult because the scores are much higher than they typically are yeah yeah i think uh you know i i forgot where it was hosted or where it was played last year and um i think 12 under won it last year and i'm not sure what the uh um you know the cut line ended up being but yeah the courses i mean the greens are really rolling good um the course is playing well but as you know we all know it uh it it tends to hold up in competition, so yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Lenny's going wing foot on him. He, he's setting it up tough, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> we had strict instructions to not go too crazy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you, you, you know, you don't have to do too much with the classic to make it difficult. And, you know, the greens are always perfect, and depending on where you have the pins, it's, it's always a good test. Yeah, it was a fun. It was a fun course setup. They, um, they, the MGA picks the whole locations, and um, they, you know, it's nothing crazy. Uh, really, it's pretty playable, but um, but definitely, the whole locations are in um, parts of the green that are not as accessible. You know, once you get there, that's nothing nuts around the uh, around the holes themselves. But uh, you know, that front part of nine and the right side of number one, just just tougher shots to get a real good shot in close so sure madden's always has stuff going on glenny let's uh take a little rundown of as we get into the uh late august and into september which is uh, you guys generally have a lot of things going on so let's uh, talk about what's coming up yeah a couple uh, aside from you know kind of basically just just uh tiptoeing into our busiest uh six eight week stretch of the year um a couple events just left on the calendar so far this year one in september the uh Classic 666 shootout, which benefits the Brainerd Sports Boosters. And uh, we've talked about that event before. Uh, Mac, you and Chris have, have played the last couple years. And um, uh, that event's really caught on, and it's a real fun, competitive uh, event. Two-person teams and uh, six holes, alternate shot, six holes, best ball, six holes, scramble. And, uh, yeah, that we, we sent out the email uh, here midsummer, and it was fun within a week so yeah yeah he, uh, chris is claiming he has to be uh, out of the country so he's not playing with me uh, <laughs> after my performances the last couple of years yeah. we got a lot of build up at the uh, at the uh, uh pre-tournament uh dinner and uh i didn't deliver chris well i, I last year i don't think either one of us delivered too well <laughs> well it was probably our year and now you're now you're leaving the country just uh, just to avoid That's it right <laughs> That's actually Chris's uh, Scotland trip, so it's totally understandable. <laughs> uh, and then, so that is uh, that is Sunday, September twenty second, a two thirty shotgun start, and then uh, we wrap up 
kind of wrap up the season the first weekend in October, Saturday, October 5th, with our uh, chili challenge over on the Pine Beach West Golf Course. Yeah. Kind of a, a tough day, a superintendent's revenge type of a concept. And, and uh, the colder the weather, the better. But we've we've actually been pretty fortunate for a number of years here. It's been It's been a really nice time of year to play leaves are changing greens are slick and uh and we get a little creative with some hole locations a little creative with some where we place the tees and uh i've had a full field the last few years so that that registration is open uh there is rooms for teams to play in that it's a four-person scramble format um there's a, a net formula that gets factored into things and uh yeah that's a that's a very enjoyable way to end up the season and normally a you know a scramble that plays pretty quick too you know everybody's normally in within four hours so yeah it's a great tournament a lot good good fun uh late in the year and uh also i should mention uh Lenny was gracious enough to find me some tea times we're getting married here soon and uh, uh got quite a few you know decent golfers a few good ones coming in so i thought well we, we can't play the classic because some of the guys would never come back <laughs> Uh, but so we're set up over at Madden's, which right at, was be, it'll be a great, uh, great day the day before the wedding with some of the boys out, uh, teeing it up and I'm guessing possibly having a cool one here or there, Glennie, probably. Yeah, awesome. That's, uh, <laughs> boy, that's the funnest weekend of the year. There is so many golfers in the area. Yeah. That weekend right it was after. Good timing by me to pick the busiest golf weekend <laughs> of the year to try to schedule some times in. What else we want to talk about, Glenn, as we get down the stretch here? Uh, I mean, you got to get. If you haven't played the classic this year, uh, put it on your calendar and try to squeeze in in September. Uh, locals and anybody coming in from out of town, obviously. Here's the program, but uh, you just have to play the classic uh, at least once or twice a year, don't you think? Yep, I I agree. <laughs> and if you haven't gotten it in this year, boy, things have really been uh, in good shape all year long. So the the courses are fantastic everywhere in the area. I know is, but. Uh, uh, it's really a treat. The greens are rolling awesome. Um, our our caddy program has gone just great this year, and uh, that that kind of rolls through the end of August. So uh, your last couple week chance to come out and maybe uh, loop around the golf course with a caddy, um, and then September is certainly a, a great time of year to play. And yeah, like I said, you know, kind of our heading into our busiest time of the year, and and uh, you know, most most people are kind of putting aeration schedules on the calendar and and uh you know note that um you know we don't do any of our heavy maintenance work until after we close the golf course in october so uh the golf course plays absolutely perfect uh here end of august and all the way through september into early october and a few venues uh tito's handmade vodka sponsors our 19th hole and uh I'm guessing a guy can find a good meal and a and a good uh, something to drink at in the Madden's resort area Absolutely. Classic, <laughs> classic grills, the hot spot. Mission Point, our new restaurant last year is, is, uh, your, your place for fresh seafood and fish, kind of everything fresh, uh, right on the lake and, and you can pull up it to the dock if you're on the south side. There's a great patio right on the lake now on the, on the tip of the peninsula and a nice spot to, uh, kind of come and hang out for an afternoon. Yeah, not bad at all. It's a, it's a good spot. Glenn. I got to, I uh, I got to have dinner at the at Mission Point well a couple times in the last couple weeks and it was absolutely fantastic. Oh, that's that's a great report. I haven't gotten to eat there yet this year. I was down there about once a month last year, but <laughs> you, you're, you're missing out, Glenny. <laughs> yeah, well, you boys are just a 
just a little busy sometimes during the golf season. What do you recommend, Chris? I'll tell you what I had. Uh, we had the seafood platter as an appetizer, and that is fantastic. It's got crab legs and oysters and some shrimp on there, and I um, can't remember what else it had on there, but it was fantastic. And then I had uh, I had one of the steaks, and it was as good a steak as I've had out in the summer. Nice. Nice. Very good. Uh, in the golf world, guys, uh, Tiger's going to be uh, President's uh, Cup uh, coach this year, captain, I guess it is. And uh, he's uh, still got four uh, four picks to make. The eight guys will be in there based on point, the point system, and then he'll choose four. Although it's uh, do as I say, maybe, because he says, I want to uh, reinforce the guys. It's important to play and be fresh and sharp. We're going overseas where we're playing an amazing team. It's on their soil. These guys are going to be tough to beat. This after Tiger took four weeks off and came into the playoffs. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, he's obviously he's a be a great captain, and uh, you think he should play himself? I uh, I do not. I uh, I don't know. I I just I think Tiger has to pick and choose his venues, and he should play on the places that he's familiar with. He needs to play when it's warm weather. Any cold weather venues or where it's going to be raining and damp, he has no chance. Sure doesn't seem like it, yeah. His body doesn't hold up as well. My body only plays well at 83 degrees. (laughs) (laughs) I must have shot a 41 that night. (laughs) 84, 81, you're you're done. (laughs) Yeah, finished, yeah. Yeah, if I'm if I'm under eighty one, I shoot way over eighty one, and if I'm over eighty four, I shoot way over eighty four. So. <laughs> I'm particular, Chris. I understand. <laughs> Glenn, thanks for taking the time. Looking forward to the uh, sports booster tournament coming up, and uh, that's always a blast. I uh, had to go. Uh, recruit my first alternate when uh, uh, Chris uh, decided to desert me, but uh, he's going to Scotland, for goodness sakes, the home of golf. I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> me too. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Matt. Chris, you get back to work, and uh, Glenn and Al go find some fun somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Matt. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley and Colin McDonald at 1380 KLIZ, The Fan. I want to welcome to the show Neil Johnson. Neil is a professional golfer from River Falls, Wisconsin, playing in the uh, Brainerd Lake Showcase this week. And actually, uh, we're, we're taping this Wednesday. He's the leader in the clubhouse with about uh, a third of the field done. Four hundred today, Neil. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. So you're uh, you're a gusty played played golf at Gustavus and was an All American there, both a for your play as well as an academic All American. Mm-hmm. And uh, Gustavus is near and dear to our heart because my son Joe plays there now. But uh, uh, you know, you graduated in two thousand five. Can it tell us about your journey in pro golf? It uh, it's turning into a long journey because now it's probably it's about 14 years i guess basically i've been traveling around a plane i didn't turn pro right away after i graduated i graduated in 04 i stayed in amateur for two summers just because uh you know i i didn't think i was quite ready um i loved usga events and i'm like i want to get back to the usam these publics the publics was still still around then and then um whatever else i could just big national tournaments i want to play those so i did for two summers 
and then 2005 I was like the Wisconsin amateur player of the year you know and I'm like okay I think now I'm probably ready sure. you know, my, my game has improved I got to some USG events like that and competed a little bit nationally you know so I was like I'm, I'm ready let's go and since then fall of 2005 to now I mean it's been every tour imaginable every mini tour every up in Canada two years Latin mm-hmm. tour one year tried Asian tour once uh, uh, tried Q school probably 11 times I guess probably yeah. gotten through that once to get them uh, to get on the web.com tour and that's what I'm still trying for is to get back on the corn ferry yeah and stay out there do you get out there and stay out there you know some somebody asked me earlier today um, in talking about you know, if if I thought we had a chance of actually getting a corn fairy event here, which I think we we mm-hmm. do, and you know, he said, "Well, are, you know, are those guys really that good?" And I said, "You can't believe how good they are." And and you know, if if you're playing the corn fairy tour, you're one of the 500 best players in the world. Yeah, 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 I agree. And you know, if you're playing in this event, I, I would say you know a, a third of the field for sure. Could easily be playing on the Corn Ferry Tour event, or the P- or the Corn Ferry Tour, or the PGA Tour. Yes, yeah, they're the, yeah. The, like the gray area or the overlap between the PGA, you know, the, the bottom guys on the PGA Tour to the top guys on the Corn Ferry. I mean, it's so muddled. They're just as good. And then same thing, the bottom of the Corn Ferry to mini tour guys that are out here this week. Yeah. Or, I mean, it's just there. There's a fine line, and there's there's thousands of us. I mean, there's there's probably a thousand to fifteen hundred of us fighting for. You know, three hundred, four hundred spots a year between, right. between all those memberships. Yeah, I mean, if you if you take the European Tour, the Corn Ferry Tour, and the PGA Tour, you, there's there's about seven hundred guys between sure. those three tours that have some status. I mean, all those guys, almost all of them, could win any given week on the PGA yeah. Tour. And then if you take you know all these mini tours that you've played on the really the difference in a lot of it to me in following it for many years is is the timing of your play mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know playing well the week of PGA tour qualifying or Q school yeah play, playing well on a Monday qualifier you know hitting kind of getting it's, uh, it's not it's not getting lucky it's just hitting the timing right hitting hitting your stride on that Monday your putter's on fire, you know, your wedges are great, you shoot 64, you get in. Yeah. And then you roll that right into Thursday and Friday and you make the cut and then, you know, maybe you finish top 15, you know, and it's a corn fairy event, so now you're exempt in the next week. Right. And, you know, I've seen I've seen guys do that every single year, you know, since I've been a pro, um, whether they're friends of mine or, you know, or just people, you know, or just other golfers I know, and it's like, man, that's the story I want to do. But I just haven't. I haven't been able to do that. I haven't been able to have that breakthrough. Like, I've qualified for everything. I've qualified for two PGA Tour events. So I played well on Monday, but then once I got to Thursday, Friday, you know, I was just a little bit out of my comfort zone, and so I didn't play well, and I missed the cut. Um, and then there's other guys who they time their they seem to time their game perfectly for Q School, for the yeah. fall. Like, once October, November, December comes around, you know, they – they got it locked in they flipped that switch and they're able to get to final stage every single year and kind of keep keep themselves keep getting status whatever whatever that might be you know and it's timing it's just the right kind of mental attitude throughout the year you know to keep it right. going yeah how, how how many times have you been to the the qualifying school i think it's 11 um there's a couple years i had to skip i remember one year i had to skip because i was broke 2015 I was up in Canada that year. I was broke, and I'm like, no, I'm not going. Um, 
but otherwise it's probably been just about every year since like oh oh five yeah so maybe more than that point maybe it's even like 13 years and, and um, for, for our listeners tell us about that process how does that work yeah it's there there's just there's three different levels uh, technically i'm sorry there's four because there's yeah, a pre-qualifying stage yeah. um or if you're just out of college uh you have to go to pre-qualifying it's like 2500 bucks to do that if you get through that um then you're on to first stage and those guys have to pay an additional 2500 or three thousand dollars i'm not sure it's somewhere on there um and there there are there are what eight sites this year i think there's 12, 12 first first stage first stage sites yep and each of them have 80 guys 20 in ties kind of move on is kind of just the rough number, you know, around that. So 25% of the guys move on to second stage, and that filters from 12 sites down to maybe six sites. And same thing there, about 70, 80 guys, 18 in ties usually move on Mm -hmm. to that final stage where there's one site, and there's about 150 to 160 guys, or maybe, you know, around that is what ends ends up playing. And, you know, getting to the final stage is, is the first goal because everyone at that final stage at least gets corn fairy conditional status they get at least some a partial status. member you right. you won't if you won't get a you aren't guaranteed any starts but you have that card which which has some benefits because you can do monday qualifiers for 100 bucks as yeah. opposed to I've, I've i was paying 450 bucks all year um plus the equipment companies you can call yeah. them up and say hey i need I, some help and they won't pay you but they're going to at least probably give you some clubs you know or right. at least let you come out and try some stuff whereas you know if i'm going out somewhere i gotta pay 500 bucks for my fitting and then you know 40 percent off of whatever on the clubs which is hey i'll take whatever deal i can get but, but it's get still that an, membership it's you get that little card yeah. and it's free you're just like this is this is much better when um, you get you get practice privileges at the oh TPC the, T- the tpc space. courses yeah. which a guy like me who i'm traveling around all the time the few years i've had that with canada i mean it's great i remember being in tampa once and i'm like oh i can go to tpc tampa or whatever it is down there um then you know they're all over uh memphis i was in memphis once i just called them up and said can i please come out they're like oh we'd love to have you i'm like wow which doesn't sound like a big deal but it's a big deal when it is you know when you're when you're if you're practicing every day and you're having to pay for range balls every day that's you know it could be 40 50 60 dollars a day on top of trying to and on top of paying a green fee and everything else yep and when it when it's tpc they're they're all good, so the, the range balls are going to be good. You you might be going going to, going to some, you know, whatever ho dunk kind of practice <laughs> where you get where you get those old strike balls yeah. and you're just like I just paid ten bucks for, you know, forty five balls and twelve of them aren't yeah. going to get airborne. <laughs> right. You know, those um, are the ones you hit the wedges with, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't hit the driver because it won't go anywhere. and You might crack the driver face or something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Tell tell us about some of the other expenses that you incur. I mean, it, it's expensive to play professional golf. It is. It adds up. I mean, the the entry fees are the most expensive thing every year. Every year when I do my taxes, it's like I spent you know thirty grand on entry fees. You know, I mean, because what I do with the mini tour level at the mini tour level, it's organized gambling. Right. You know, everyone puts in seven hundred fifty, maybe let's say just a thousand bucks, and you know, a third of the guys will get paid. You know, and that's why it's just it's organized gambling. You know, two thirds of the guys aren't going to get any of that money back, and the third of us that play well enough do. Um, and you just hope it's enough, certainly to cover that entry fee. But then, all, all your travel expenses. How how many weeks on average would you say you cover your expenses? Um, <laughs> I bet you 
I mean, it's over 50% of my tournaments I cover my expenses, I would say, which is nice. And most tournaments now, they're smart enough that, hey, you know, if you make the cut, that last place check is going to be your entry fee. Yeah. That That's like, okay, you know, there are still some where you'll go and you'll make the cut and you'll finish, you know, kind of down the pack 30th and you make 300 bucks and you paid 700 bucks. I'm, yeah. lo- I'm looking at a, at a tournament this fall. I played it last year and that's what happened. And I'd love to go back. It was a great course, really well run event, but I got 330 bucks for finishing 35th, paying 700 and I had to fly out, rent a car, get an Airbnb. And I was like, whoa, uh, I don't know. If, I mean, I'm financially, like, can you afford right. that tournament as right. opposed to some other events? You, you got to look for those values. Yeah, I, I was talking to a, uh, a hockey scout this morning who works for, he, he or excuse me, a, a hockey agent this morning who has a number of NHL players. And we were talking about the, the differences between playing, you know, minor league hockey, for instance, yeah. and, and playing professional golf. And he was kind of blown away when he thought about it. You know, he said, you know, it'd be the equivalent of, he said, the Eastern League is the best league in minor okay. league hockey. And the guys... Uh, you know, it's the highest level of play. Mm-hmm. He said it'd be like a kid going and playing in the Eastern League and having to pay the owner a thousand dollars every week. Yeah. And if he, the, he, you'd only get paid based on your performance, that's that's it, the unbelievable thing. I mean, imagine any job. Imagine signing a contract at any Fortune 500 mm-hmm. company and saying, "Listen, don't pay me a dime, base it on my performance. And mm-hmm. if I'm not better than two thirds of my Employees, my you know, or, or my, my my coworkers, don't pay me. Yeah. I mean, no one, no one's signed up. For <laughs> no, that, but we're all, we all, we're all crazy because chasing I mean, the dream. We all love golf and we're all chasing the dream, but it is there is a lot of insanity involved with it. Well, I mean the 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 pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Oh. If you, if you look at this week on the yeah. PGA Tour, oh the, my gosh. the end of the FedEx Cup. I mean, you know, Dustin. I mean, uh, Jordan, Justin uh, Thomas, Justin Thomas. Yeah. Is starting off the week at ten under. Yeah, he's got a two shot lead on the field. And fifteen million to win and, fifteen and million. And so, right? yeah, he could win fifteen million this weekend. Yeah, the the, the PGA Tour because even the Corn Ferry, like I, I don't need to get into the the, the the economics of the Corn Ferry Tour. Like that's it sounds great, but even those guys are just scraping right. for every dime they can because their yeah. travel is way more. I'm driving from Brainerd to Minneapolis to Sioux Falls to. Uh, wherever in Iowa, you know, like yeah. I'm driving. That's not awful. These guys are flying from Columbia to Panama. You know, they may fly from Indi or sorry, Indiana to Savannah, Georgia, then back to Utah. I mean, they're it's it's nuts. So those guys are just scraping by. But then you get to the PGA Tour, and it's ten times everything. You yeah. know, you instead of making instead of making you know fifteen hundred dollars a week, you know, with with endorsements, you could be making you know five thousand to fifteen thousand or something yeah. like that. And instead of making 10 grand you know for playing well you're gonna make 100 grand if you play well um and that 10 times thing imagine that over the course of the year that these guys get to the fedex cup playoffs and it's funny money it doesn't it doesn't make much sense because you get to i mean it it does but it doesn't but you get to that level and all of a sudden you don't have to pay for a rental car. It's all courtesy. Oh, courtesy car! The the, the one yeah. the one the one tour event I got in paying the courtesy picking up the courtesy car was awesome. Dropping yeah. it off was almost better. I dropped it off with with less than no gas. I mean, absolutely no gas. And the guy was so excited that I actually dropped it off at the Enterprise yeah. site. He's like, oh, "Hey, let me let me jump in the car. Let's let's drive to the airport so you can 
so you can drop yourself off at the curb and I'll drive it back. And I'm like, I don't know if there's enough gas. <laughs> He's like, I don't care. We'll figure it out. Like, I'm just so glad because most of the guys yeah. either leave it at the course or who knows where yeah. in the airport. Yeah. Like, they, I guess they're just finding cars out on the tarp because the guys who fly private, they have the special engines around <laughs> the back of the airport and then they just leave it on the, on the tarmac yeah. or something like that. And they're just like, where are the keys? <laughs> I don't know. They're somewhere out there, you know. And... The free food. Free food. Free dry cleaning. I'd be in for yeah, the free the dry free gifts. The free yeah. gifts. I mean, the, the one tour event I qualified for, I came home with gifts for my girlfriend like it was Christmas. <laughs> and I was just like, you know, that was, she, that was when we had just kind of started dating. And she's just like, this is amazing. I'm like, yeah, it's not like that every week. Trust yeah. me. I'm going after this week. I'm going to Vermilion, South Dakota. <laughs> I'm not getting anything. Sorry. But here's a Lululemon skirt and, you know, uh, some kind of windbreaker mm. from... Uh, fairway and down or something yeah. you know that's going to be 150 bucks yeah. every pro shop and i'm just like just handing them out because they want to make the wives and girlfriends right. happy because then they can get it they can get come justin back. thomas and jordan yeah. spieth and those guys to come play right yeah so you know I, I always talk about i on the show you know to play at a high level of golf and to be a you know a champion at the elite level you have to have a ton of emotional resilience there's probably that i think that is really the number one skill And so, I mean, to play mini tour golf, to try to get, you have to have that same emotional resilience because you get beat up on it on a weekly basis. So is, is that what inspires you to keep going on? Is that, yeah, I mean, I I love, I love the challenge of golf, of getting better. You know, I mean, I always have loved that, you know, I'm not doing it for the money, you know, that that's obvious, you know, but even when I'm playing these, these little, these mini tour events or these state opens, like. I'm never thinking, oh, I want to go play that because it's 20 grand for first, yeah. you know, or, oh man, if I make this pot, you know, it could be this. I'll think about that after the fact, but man, when I'm playing, I just love the, the competition and the challenge of it. Getting in the hunt. Getting in the hunt. Um, but yeah, like the difference between a good week and a bad week for me is almost always defined by my attitude. Mm-hmm. It comes down to, um, you know, how well I'm able to accept, you know, the bad breaks, the good breaks. You know, whatever curveballs come my way, you know, whether there's a bad weather, you know, bad wave, I might be in the bad wave with wind or I might, there might be some bad pins or it might be just some bad bounces. Um, and there's been a lot of weeks, you know, that I show up for the practice round and I can just tell I'm already kind of in that funk, you know, that kind of crabby little mood and every little thing's bugging me, you know, whatever little volunteers are out there. I'm just, and I just feel like I want to crawl into that shell, you know, cause I can be a shy kind of guy. And I just don't even want to, you know, I'm like, you got to get out of this because you're not going to play well if you're in that funk, you know. Um, And then there's other weeks, just show up the second I'm on there for the second I get to the practice zone on the range or something, or that first morning, like, oh, yeah, I feel good, you know, Mm. I'm happy. And it's like, whatever, this guy could be driving, the beverage car could be driving (laughs) behind me honking a horn, and I'm just going to, I'm going to be focused and swing, you know, and nothing can really get me out of my my zone and my routine. Um, But that just doesn't click every single week well it doesn't doesn't for anybody no you know that's 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 golf and at whatever level you're playing Mm -hmm. but let's talk a little bit about uh this week's event uh what brought you to to brainerd the the brainerd like showcase and you've been a little involved in the tournament and helping recruit some players and a little bit on an advisory role and um we're day two into the tournament program yesterday and first round today we've got about a half the field probably in by now but uh tell us what you think so far and and uh you know the prospects of, of getting a, a corn Ferry tour event here 
Well, I, I mean, the, the area is perfect for it, and that, that's last year. Last year was just like a one-day pro-am. We kind of did 25 of us pros came mm-hmm. up and played with, with, with some of these sponsors who were interested. And, you know, the pros who played um, loved it. You know, they're like, oh, this, this area is gorgeous. I'm like, yeah, that, that's, that's Brainerd Lakes area for mm-hmm. you. Like, you, you, I, I, I tried describing it to them, like, listen, you guys got to go, and you got to do this fishing tournament. Like, it's Minnesota Lakes. You got to go fishing. And they're like, ah, whatever. And then they all went. The ones that went just blown away um it's just you know it's it's kind of a slow process slower process than you know than ron the guy in charge yeah. would, would like you know yes. you, you can't just force your way into getting on that schedule you have to prove that you can get these sponsorships you got to prove you can run a tournament you know and that's and that's where we're at now in the second year is like listen the first year of an actual pro tournament yeah. two days see what we can do you know and um you know the, the the course is fun for it, you know, and and just the whole the whole community is going to be going to be good for it. It's just, you know, I guess next year we just got to keep growing a little bit more, whether it becomes right. a three day event or or something else, you know. Um, you know but there's just kind of each year you just get better and you just keep annoying the corn fairy, right. you know, the- executives and be like listen, we want this, we have the support, you know. And I, I think that that's the big thing, and the thing that has been. Uh, the most pleasant surprise for me, because I, I think the golf course can easily handle the event, is that we've we've gotten a, a tremendous amount of community support, mm-hmm. and um, really, bottom line, that's what the tour is looking for. Yes, yeah, and, at, at every every site they go, every place they go to, like it's, I mean, the the, the golf course almost is kind of secondary. I mean, for hosting the event, it's yeah. just like we need we we need we need the sponsors because you need the volunteers. You know, there, there's not a lot of spectators that come out in a corn fairy event, mm-hmm. you know, but um, there'll be enough, you know, and, and but you need you need that support for the people to come out and be like, listen, I want to be a walking scorer yeah. or I want to be a spotter or I want to, you know, just whatever, help out with, with one of the, you know, any, any kind of, or help out on the range, you know, I mean, that, that Host, that's the one thing. Hosting players. Hosting players, yeah, that's the yeah. thing that, that guys love, you know. Every once in a while mm-hmm. we'll want to stay in a hotel, but man, staying, staying in a house, you know, free lodging with... Yeah. With a family that's willing to open up their doors for you, that's perfect. You know, you know. And the, the bottom line: the PGA Tour is a is a business, and yes. they're it's an entertainment business. Yes, it's, entertainment, it's entertainment business. And, yeah, and they're uh, uh, they're not going to go to a venue where they're not going to be successful. Yeah, and, yeah, and they and they can. I mean, I'm sure they know how to kind of figure that out right away, pretty quickly. If yes. if if something is like, well, I don't think this is for real, but. What I've seen, you know, just just kind of the support, the sponsorship support, you know, with with the pro am yesterday and then last year, you know, how much that changed, and, and it's like, okay, it's out there. It's yeah. just um, grow it to next year, whatever we can, and find our way onto that find our way onto that corn fairy schedule, you know, because yes. they have events that drop out, you know, but they also they have room to expand a couple events too if they yeah. wanted to. So right. hopefully, this becomes one. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Neil, we appreciate you coming on and taking some time out of your schedule today. And uh, uh, let's go play well tomorrow. Yep, yep. One other thing. thing. I hope so. That, I'd that, like to. Yeah. That prize money would go a long way towards tour school. Oh, that'd be fall. great. Yeah. Any anytime you get a check, that's more than what the Q school is. <laughs> At this time of the year, you're just like, okay, yeah, like I can now sign up and not completely lose that entire check. That's right. That's what's good. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks very much, Thank Neil. Thank you. That was Neil Johnson, uh, professional golfer and. Uh, grad of Gustavus University. You're listening to Lakes Woods and Irons with Chris Foley and Colin McDonald.
1380-KLIZ, The Fan. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you, 1380-KLIZ, The Fan, streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com. Uh, check out our website. The shows are archived there. You can see anything we've done in the uh, last couple of years on there, so go find that. Also uh, available now at Podcast One as well. Chris, uh, heading toward the uh, end of our show season, we got a, a few shows left, but uh, get back to uh, a topic we've talked about a lot, just uh, scoring versus uh, just improving your game. But scoring, uh, avoid the big numbers if you're a, you know, a mid-level type player. The double bogeys are the most important. You can, you can even think of it, I was just thinking about it the other day, you think, uh, okay, uh, say you, you want to play bogey golf or better, so... You know, nine bogeys is 45. Yeah. Now you make one birdie and a par. Now you shoot 42, and the world is, uh, you know, pretty rosy. That's right. It doesn't really take that much, but you throw a seven or an eight in there, and now you're up at to 48 or 49, and, uh, you know, the world is fast coming to an end. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really about, you know, depending on what level you're at, it's not about making more birdies or more pars, but it's about... You know, bogey, double, triple bogey avoidance. Yeah. And um, a lot of that is just managing your game better. And, um, you know, on the putting green, having better distance control, for instance. Because the vast majority of three putts are a result of poor distance control. It's not necessarily that, that you're, you know, that you're not putting it on the correct line, which, which, which is part of it. But, um, you know, if, if you're from, you know, inside of thirty feet, if 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 you're not hitting it to say you know two to three feet, then your distance control isn't very good. And a good a good gauge on the greens is is if you hit it to ten percent of the first putt. So if you're at thirty feet, you know a, a good first putt would be inside of three feet. If you're at ten feet, it should be inside of a foot. Yeah. And you you know you want a no anxiety second putt. Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, and then, you know, in on your approach shots, um, you know, if you can always, the pin shouldn't necessarily always be your target. Even though it's hard not to hit it at the pin, uh, we want to hit it to, we want to miss the golf. If we, you know, if we miss a shot, we want to miss on the fat part of the green. Meaning if the, if the pin is on the right side of the green, our, our aim should probably be on the left side of the green. So, you know, we, we all have, dispersions to to our shots and in that dispersion based on the club is a certain say diameter and if we can shift our aim so that our our best shots are you know or i should say our worst shots on the outside of that diameter are not say off the green or in a hazard then we're going to play better yeah so you know if, if you're 120 yards out and you've got a uh, you know, a pin on the on the back right side of the green, and there's a water hazard right or a bunker right. You want to hit it so that your worst shot right will still finish on the green, and not finish in that hazard or, right. or in, in the bunker. So you're not short sighting yourself, so to speak. So, and that, that's you know, Tiger Woods at the at the height of his player when he's playing his best golf. You never see him miss a green on the short side where he's having to hit a chip shot or a pitch shot to a, a tight pin. He may miss it on the other side, but he he's a master at hitting it to the fat part of the green. 
Nobody better at avoiding uh, bogeys no. than Tiger. No, I mean in in his the height of his career, he made fewer double bogeys than anybody on tour. I think you know, and he he he, ma- he made his fair share of birdies because he, he hit it on every par five and two. It seemed like so he birdied all the par fives. Uh, he played the par threes very well, and then picked up enough birdies on the par fours where you know he was shooting really low numbers. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, kind of a fail-safe type spot. Uh, I've uh, the other night, uh, oh, maybe two weeks ago now, played pretty well. Really, I had a match uh, in league and I uh, ended up winning the match. But uh, playing a short par four and hit a nice drive and hit a wedge that I thought was really good, and it just hit a little mound on the left side of the green and kicked in the bunker. Well, then the fun began. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm even thinking now, just don't make a big number. I don't know. Is there a, is there a safe sand shot where you kind of? Uh, I wouldn't say always get on the green, but even if I hit it forty feet away, it'd have been better than hitting it in the opposite sand, which I did. And then I hit it back in the sand where I was before, and then you're steaming. So, yeah, <laughs> a lot of a lot of out of the bunker is is having the confidence that you can get the ball out of the bunker. And really, our number one priority, especially if, if you're if you're not overly comfortable in the bunker, our number one priority is just getting it out. Right. And whether that is putting it out of the bunker or you know just hitting a little chip shot out or whatever it is, you, you, you don't have to be a hero out of the bunkers. Just get it on the green or get it out of the bunker and avoid leaving it in the bunker or hitting another bunker, <laughs> as in your case. Yeah. But um, that that that's the biggest thing, and and you you know you have to practice your bunker play to have confidence. In sure, it. yeah. So uh, you know, I I give a lot of bunker lessons. I rarely see anybody practicing though out of the bunker. So <laughs> you, you know, you just have to develop that confidence where you you walk into the bunker and you're not fearing hitting the bad shot or right. that's your only thought. Well, you almost think I don't care if I take a shovel full of dirt if it's on the green somewhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't hit it thin. Don't hit it too fat. It's tough, Chris. It's exactly. Tough. It's tough out there. Tito's Handmade Vodka is the sponsor of our 19th hole. Thanks to Tito's for being with us uh, all year long. And we're just coming uh, out of the week with a nice tournament at uh, Cragen's with the uh, pros in town. A thrill to get to play with uh, those guys if you were lucky enough to be one of the one of the uh, amateurs who gets to play with the pros. Cragen's, one of our sponsors, does a great job with the 19th hole. Been in there with the boys many times uh, this summer, of course, and that's half the fun of the game. You get Absolutely. together with the boys after, and uh, it's amazing. A guy thinks, I don't have that good a memory. And then talk to him about his, his golf game. <laughs> <laughs> he remembers all 87 shots and everything he did right or wrong. That's right. <laughs> you know, the, the, the pro I grew up working for uh, had a great solution for that. Somebody would come in, and then they, he'd uh, start giving a hole-by-hole replay of his game and he'd uh, he'd take it we had a, a payphone in the pro shop and <laughs> tells you how long ago that was but he'd take a dime out of his pocket and hand the guy a got dime and said go go call somebody who cares <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we had uh common man on a week ago and that's one of his sticks on his show he he always can uh, recant the entire round that's right <laughs> Uh, Rosie tries to reel him back in sometimes, I think, on the maybe not have to go through all 18. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is important to you, but uh, not too many other people. That's right. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, Mac. You've been listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on The Fan. 
Thanks for listening to today's edition of Lakes, Woods, and Irons at 1380 KLIZ, The Fan. Today's broadcast is sponsored by Craigan's Legacy Courses, Tito's Handmade Vodka, Rutgers Bay Lake Lodge, The Tea Hive, The Holiday Station on Mill Avenue, and Maury's Market. Streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com, sponsored by Mills GM. We now return to our regularly scheduled program at the Lake Sports Talk, 1380 KLIZ, The Fan.